0: Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please take just a second to click the subscribe button so you can make sure to get notified when we have our latest buzzcasts. Today, we will be discussing what the incoming Biden administration means for appraisers and what they can expect from some of the proposed policies. I'm Jim Morrison, and today we have Joan Trice, CEO of Altera Group, and we'll be speaking with Mark Goldhaber, housing finance expert.
1: Thank you, Jim, and good morning, Mark. How are you today?
2: Good morning and happy new year to everybody. I hope it is a healthy and happy and safe and, you know, for us in the housing business, uh, continues to be a prosperous year.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you for that. So... Wow. What a day to be talking uh, political stuff. Let's try to keep the politics out of it as best we can. But it's we do need to talk about housing policy specifically today and how that's going to impact the real estate market and housing finance. So with the change of administration, what are some of the things that you're seeing, Mark, that are going to shift and how, how? what's the impact? Well,
2: first of all, picking up on what you said, what I would say is that the change of administrations, particularly with the Senate now flipping from Republican to Democrat, let, let me just touch on that. Why I think that's significant is, is because there will uh, the correct Congressional Review Act allows regulations and some of the ones that have been put in place by the soon to be outgoing administration to be reviewed by Congress. And so I don't know which ones w- will be taken up in the housing space, but it, but it certainly would not surprise me to see some of the ones impacting fair housing taken up and, and potentially overturned. So, so uh, changes that the, the, the uh, outgoing Trump administration had made. So let, let me set that aside, but just mention that so that your your viewers are are cognizant of it. And then I guess what I would do is say, I think what you have to do is look at the four pillars of uh, the Biden building back better agenda. And, and I think if you stay focused on that, I, I think it will, will give you some ideas of where the incoming administration will head the 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 four pillars really talked about reinvigorating the economy, you know dealing with with, with COVID, uh dealing with health care, and then dealing with uh, with racial racial justice. and And so uh, I think if we just focus for your audience on two areas that that of the area of of bringing back the economy, and, and trying to solve, I mean, the incoming president-elect refers to it as racial justice. For those of us in the housing space, we all know that one of the things that housing can do is that it can close the wealth gap right. and, and can control can, can close the, the asset gap uh, that, are, that are faced by many minorities. And I think that the incoming administration will look at housing as a tool to be able to do that. So let me pause there, and I mean, I'll go into any of those areas deeper if you would like.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely, uh, you, you brought up many things that uh, lead to many questions, but uh, let's break right here uh, because we're about to go deep, I think. So, Jim.
0: Thanks, Joan. As the provider of innovative appraisal solutions for more than 40 years, ACI is a trusted industry leader. Join the thousands of appraisers and many of the largest appraisal companies that use ACI software in the U.S. and Canada to optimize their business. The ACI One Individual Plan is available today for $6.49 and includes forms and rules, sketch software, unlimited location and flood maps, public record data, ACI Open House, and more. For more information, visit ACIweb.com. Jones, back to you.
1: Thank you, Jim. So, Mark, you know, the the wealth gap. What interesting times we're in because the headwind I see here is we have a massive amount of forbearances uh, that are going to impact mostly the affordable housing sector. This coming crisis seems to have discriminated. What are your thoughts on that, and how are we going to get out of that?
2: Well, so let uh, I'd like to break that if I could into two pieces. Okay. Uh, I think I think one. Let's focus on FHA because FHA is certainly where most of the forbearances sit. And And as we sit here today, and we talk to your your viewership. I think if they look at uh, at the percentage of FHA loans that are in forbearance in total, I believe it's approaching like 18%. So for the incoming team at HUD that is, that, is, that is going to be led by Congresswoman uh, Marsha Fudge, I mean they're gonna to have to keep their eye on that ball okay and and again they've done partial claims you know, I would expect to see the department provide every accommodation for trying to to extend the forbearances um, as long as they can, because I think what they're hoping is that, as as we all should be hoping, that the economy will start to will 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 start to pick up speed and recovery as we get through COVID, and that people can can. Put their, you know, their deferments on the back end. So the mortgage payments they've missed, put them on the back end, and be able to have the minimum amount of foreclosures. So that that would be the strategy. Certainly, if I was going into to an administration that I that I would try to do, because I think since the pandemic wasn't was not an individually caused event. I think to try and provide as much time as, as they can to let people recover. So, so that, that's how I would look at, at, at HUD. And, um, and, but I, I think the other thing, and while this is not of criticality probably to most of your viewership, I do want to mention that I think the other imminent crisis um, is on the rental side. Where there has been, you know, where where people, where there's been an eviction moratorium, and uh, where people are going to be in a situation where even as a, even as they get reemployed, and I was talking to someone the other day who works with people to try and avoid eviction, and he said to me, you know, Mark, people are getting jobs back so they can pay their landlord for their rent. This month and next month, but their problem. And again, for viewers who are listening to this from California, you'll just shake your head. But in North Carolina, you know, the, I asked them, okay, how much rent are these people behind? And it was six or seven thousand dollars. Now, I realize in California, rents are a lot higher, in New York, rents are a lot higher. But the challenge is going to be the same, which is for those individuals. How are they going to? Um, how are they going to be able to pay back their back rent? And I, so I expect all of these issues to be things that Congress is going to have to deal with in what I would anticipate to be a very um, large uh, package that will come forward for the for the uh, for the new the administration as sort of the next COVID relief package. Um, second thing, I, as far as on the equity gap, I mean, there are some things that could be done uh, by the incoming administration. Something that I strongly would would be would encourage, which is most of your viewers, I suspect, remember the HARP program, which was a refinance program that was done in during the financial crisis. Well, in fact. You know, right now with interest rates as low as they are, there are still a lot of consumers, a lot of homeowners that um, that have mortgages that are, at, let's say, four percent, maybe even a few higher than that. Well, if you could finance, refinance, you know, down to two and a, two and a half or or so, or even two or three quarters, the fact of the matter is, for many of those consumers. Uh, you know, they would be a lot better off. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things that has held this back is obviously Fannie and Freddie are not, not encouraging that. And, uh, and they have LLPAs that make it so that if your credit is not pristine, it's really too expensive to do. But if the new administration would either encourage the, uh, the FHFA to 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 wave as they did during the during the financial crisis the loan level price adjustments or they the fed just paid the agencies the the loan level price adjustments then people who didn't have perfect credit could end up refinancing and think about joan because your viewers will understand this what if they refinance down instead of into another 30-year mortgage what if they could handle refinancing down to a 20-year mortgage so that they could build up a lot faster the equity in their home? Well, a 20-year mortgage allows that. And so for a lot of homeowners, if they were minority homeowners, they would have a chance to build equity a lot faster and close the wealth gap.
1: You know, you brought up an interesting point, Mark. And, and, you know, I, I I I get the capitalistic uh, point of view. I I'm a capitalist. I think pretty sure you're a capitalist. But we've let loan production overrule commonsensical personal finance education, and we've taught everybody, uh, and I and uh, that the myth that always refinancing uh, is a good thing. And it's not always a good thing if you're extending your mortgage out another, let's say you're 10 years in and you're gonna refinance to another 30-year mortgage, uh, you're just adding hundreds of thousands of dollars onto the cost of owning that home. And as you suggest, if you refinance to a 20-year mortgage, then you're ahead but we don't teach those personal finance skills, and and I think that's uh, that's unfortunate.
2: You know, it's a real tragedy. But when you uh, when you're thinking about policy of how do you close the the wealth gap for for minorities and to be frank, African Americans, because that's really going to be one of the primary focuses within the administration. The fact of the matter is. If you could do a refinance program and for those people who could handle it, you know, right, you know, be able to do a 20 year mortgage, then obviously your, your, your audience understands how much more quickly they could, they could grow their wealth. They could grow at, they would see their asset appreciate. So I, I, I think that that would be a very positive step.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. So let's talk about the uncomfortable topic of taxes, because of course, uh, with the change of administration, the the you know the tax policies are are going to change. And right now, since I'm in Florida, we're experiencing a massive migration out of the Northeast down to Florida. A thousand people a day um but they're escaping two things not just covid but they're you know florida's a a no income tax state and um the northeast you know i hope i hope they don't bring their policies uh with them down here but do you do you believe that the uh, administration will uh reverse the salt tax deduction
2: so the way i would say that is, is um so, you know, again, the 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 president-elect has certainly made clear on a number of places where he would like to increase taxes, and he's going to build that tax increase around equity. Okay, what what he's going to talk about is fairness. Wherever you come on the political spectrum, you can decide how fair it is. <laughs> uh, I I think I think the I think the thing that it, that is certainly. Uh, there there are certain things that are are true. The salt tax uh, really impacts the very wealthiest uh, of, uh, I'll pick on New York, New Yorkers, okay? And, And it's also putting it back in is very expensive, okay? And so while I think there will be efforts to do something regarding salt, the fact of the matter is if you if you say you care about you know the working man and woman, salt has little to nothing to do with it, and, and that's going that's going to be the political problem with the salt putting salt back in, is that you know the people who are getting the benefit of salt are the well I mean are, are without a doubt the wealthiest one percent.
1: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Let's break uh, right here.
0: Appraisers, if you've grown frustrated with endlessly pursuing new appraisal work and not reaping any of the benefits, Metro West is here to help. They understand and work to alleviate the pain points commonly felt by appraisers to enable personal and financial growth for their staff. After all, they've been owned and operated by appraisers since the company opened in 1987. Metro West Appraisal is an equal opportunity employer and they're always looking for certified residential real estate appraisers to join their team. Visit metrowestappr.com slash careers or email careers at metrowestappr.com. Joan?
1: Thank you, Jim. So, Mark, I, I don't know how well you've been keeping up with what's going on specifically in the appraisal space, but when I testified uh Before one of the House committees, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, uh, there was a gentleman, Andre Perry, who sat next to me and talked about the gap in valuation between white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods. And I understand that this is going to be a topic that's at the top of the administration. What do you know about any policy discussions around that? I what I don't understand is what their end game is. what are, What are they driving for here? Well,
2: again, I think I think there are, and I I'm aware of these issues. I mean, I've seen stories run recently about you know in Chicago about where you know the. The people felt they were getting lower appraisals because, um, because you know of the the fact that it was an African American family or or something like that. I think those are the issues that the industry is going to have to show. And I know that you, Joan, and others have been involved in it show with data simply aren't aren't correct, or to the degree that you can show that with data. And, you know, obviously, Fannie and Freddie have been using waivers pretty extensively during this uh, COVID period. So you you may well have a database to be able to show and demonstrate that, in fact, you know, there there isn't the kind of discrepancy that is being alleged. I I think that there are I don't know that the that the administration, new administration, has any particular going-in view of appraisers per se. I think that this is going to be a time where the appraisal industry is going to have to be much more proactive than it traditionally is, uh, defending its value uh, in two areas, in the, in the uh, what I'll broadly call social justice area. But also, I I think that there's, I mean, the other area that's going to be very important for um, this incoming administration is going to be the environment, and uh, and you know protecting the environment and and you know and moving to alternative energy and things like that. And and while that again is not an area that I go deeply in, I think the question for the appraisal industry is how good are i mean how good are you on you know valuing energy efficient activities you know is that an expertise of some of your membership if it is you know that's something that should be highlighted because that's going to be a real priority i mean i, I think everybody on the business side has to think about the issue of how do you present yourself in a, in an in an environment where perspectives are changing.
1: Now uh, you know, appraisers have been subject to so much change over the last decade. Um, you know, hopefully they're ready <laughs> for another wave of change. And look, I, I don't think too many people will deny that the appraisal process needs to be modernized. Um, the, the question is just how do we do that and and do it right? And I think that's what certainly uh, those of us in the collateral risk network are are debating right now. and and actually, for the appraisers who are listening, and we'll we'll put it um, in the text uh, beneath this podcast is FHFA has just issued an RFI on appraisal policy and practice and uh, technology regarding the uh, modernization question. So uh, we want to make sure everybody participates and and provides feedback to FHFA on that. And the appraisal buzz we'll be putting together. We're going to take that that, uh, RFI and distill it down to some survey questions to make it a little easier for um, appraisers to respond to that. So I think that that feedback should be uh, invaluable to FHFA. So, I
2: I will say in closing, you know, for an industry that I think adds enormous value, you know, um, I'll put it this way. I've been around for a while. So you know, there's going to be an you know I, I'm I'm aging out as they say gracefully at some point, but as the industry ages out, having a strategy on how to make this industry more diverse, um, it, I think is going to be critical, um, you know. So in, in areas you know I'm in North Carolina, in areas where you have, for example, historically black colleges. Why I would figure out how to partner with some of those folks to take young people and, you know, teach them the ropes of appraisal.
1: That is a fantastic idea. And we have a task force right now in the CRN uh, regarding that very topic. So uh, thanks for uh, drawing attention to it. And um, hopefully we can find some success in that space. Well, Mark... Thank you very much for joining us today. That was really illuminating for me and hopefully for our appraiser audience as well. And uh, again, have a happy new year.
0: Thank you very much. Uncertain times, you need a certain partner. You don't have to sacrifice top-notch coverage for an affordable premium. Intercorp has all the options and is sure to have just the right one to fit your specific needs. They provide the appraisal profession with competitive, best-in-class ENO coverage solutions nationwide. Having served the insurance needs of the industry for more than 25 years, Intercorp understands the risks you face every day. Whether you're an individual appraiser, appraisal firm, residential or commercial, or an AMC, visit intercorpinc.net to get a competitive quote today. With Joan and Mark, thank you so much for joining us. That was a great discussion, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what the incoming administration has in store for appraisers. Everyone, make sure to subscribe uh, so you can get the latest buzzcast as soon as it's published. Have a great day.